Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. All right, so get your Bibles out. Come on, we're going to have a good old-fashioned church in here. There's many churches that don't even bring their Bibles anymore. Come on, bring your Bibles in now. If you have your Bible like me in your iPad or your iPhone, praise God. Just don't be scrolling on Facebook while I'm preaching, unless you're quoting me. But no, that's not, an, that's not, a, that's not a good excuse. All right, James chapter 1. Tra- we, we started this series. Thank you, Zach. You're amazing. Uh, that, uh, it's called Training for Reigning. Everybody say Reigning. Now, not reigning in the sky, like reigning for rulership, reigning for authority. Now, the reason why I call this series, by the way, Zach, I know I told you NLT, but let's go to the New King James for, for these scriptures, if that's okay. I uh, just was studying it, and uh, I wanted to share something with you. Uh, so why do I say training for reigning? Say reigning. Because, uh, because James is, if you ever want a crash course book in the Bible, it's only five chapters, that is a turbo course for spiritual growth and maturity, James is the one. Now, uh, why, why do I say this, guys? Because before I even read the scripture, it is this, this chapters that we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks, they're actually training for spiritual growth and maturity. But it doesn't come by osmosis. Can I hear an amen? There's work to be done. There's things that have to do to grow. And so I'm going to be part two because I started, ver- sorry, part one last week. And so I'm going to give you a review for those of you who are not here, a review not only of last week really quick but of the book of James. Number one, uh, James emphasized a no-nonsense commands and instructions. Now, I want you to hear me because I'm going to be preaching good even from the beginning. <laughs> James emphasized commands, everybody say commands, and instruction even uh, in his book, Above Doctrine, doctrine is important. But in the book of James, there's 108 verses in the book of James. 54 of those verses are clear commands of what you need to do. There was no uh, uh, ambiguity with James. Because James, whenever he said something, there was no need to interpret the times and seasons and, and the times and times and times and, and all the things that we see in Daniel and in Revelation when James says something, you knew exactly what he was saying. He just was straight up, and he said, your faith is dead. There's no interpretation needing that. Why do I say that? Because we need to embrace commands as well. Can I just preach for a second? I know it's early. Because sometimes in the church, we've imb- here's what happens, and I wrote this little note down. We get revelations on topics, right? We get revelations on grace. We get revelations on healing. We get revelation on identity. And what happens, and we, whatever, whatever that revelation is, right? So when we get a revelation, we get very zealous because there's new truth that comes out of something that we were kind of almost semi-bound to. So when we get this, watch, when we get this revelation of something... Uh, it has our man-made zeal attached to it naturally because we got free from something. We, we got more truth. But then there, if you notice, there's like movements with these, with these revelations, the grace movement. And then there's a healing movement. There's, there's all these movements. And here's why I say this, because sometimes in our zeal and our revelation of the newness of the now, we actually eliminate certain words that in our vocabulary that are still applicable in the Bible today. Like the word command, like the words do, like the word works. Uh oh. Works is necessary to have a beautiful complement with your faith. As you'll see in the next couple of weeks, James says, You show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, faith could be seen. How? By works. 
But I thought faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You're right, but actually it could be the end result of faith could be seen by you acting on it. And so what we need to make sure that we are okay with words like command. Don't make me, I don't want to go into other things. We've stopped using words that are in the Bible because it just doesn't fit our new zeal or our new movement. Words like hell, we don't, we don't say that anymore. Oh, Pastor George, don't focus on, no, we're not focusing on our hell, but there is a real hell. When's the last time you heard someone like that? There's, and we don't like to talk about or address topics like sin uh, or we don't like to talk about certain things about uh, what happens when, uh, when we don't eat right. And so I say that because the book of James has uh, commands. Everybody say commands. So last week we talked about trials. Everybody say trials. Say testing. So we said the testing of your faith brings endurance. Now we talked about the difference between your faith being tested and you being under attack. I could run around the church right now just on that revelation. So many Christians, how you doing? I'm under attack. I'm under attack. I'm under attack. No, maybe your faith is being tested by God so that you could grow into something. So that you could grow. No one curses the gym. Maybe you do, but no one curses the, re- no one curses the result of the gym if you're faithful to the gym. And what we talked about last week is that trials, watch this, and testings are not side roads to spiritual maturity. They're the main roads. I have news for you. I have really good news for you. If you're under a lot of testing and you're under a lot of trials, it's because God sees something in you that wants to mature and he wants to grow and he wants to use you. The testing of your faith brings endurance. And so we talked about last week, and then I'm going to go to the scripture. This is all review real quick, but I know that you're enjoying it. And then the last scripture we used last week was the book of Job. That was, whew, that was a gangster scripture. That was, so, that was so powerful. It was in Job 23. What was that? Job 23, verse 8 and 10. You don't have to turn there. But this is where Job says, when I go forward, I can't see you. When, I, when, I go to, when he's working on the left, when he's working on the left, I don't see him. When he, when he works on the right, I don't behold him. And then he said this, but he knows Remember that? But he knows the way what I should go. And watch this. Here's the golden thing. For those of you who think that trials are just from the devil, the Bible says in Job, when he has tried me, I will come out as gold. That's what the Bible says. When he has tried me, I will come out as gold. And we talked about three things that gold represent. What did it? Come on, if you remember. Come on. Purific- oh, someone's someone taking notes. Purification, preparation, maturity. Say that with me. Purification, preparation, maturity. Everyone wants gold, but no one wants the preparation, the purity, and the maturity. Now, I finished with my intro. Now, I'm going to go to chapter 1. Are you ready? Verse 12. So, we talked about testing last week. Now, I'm going to talk about another thing that God uses that is the opposite effect of testing. is a slightly opposite thing, but it's still used for spiritual growth, and that's temptation. Now, I got news for everyone in here who thinks they're really spiritual and they've been walking with God for a long time and that nothing bothers you and great. If that nothing bothers you, that's great. But I'm here to make an announcement. Everyone in this room will be tempted several times throughout your life, probably throughout the day and the week. Because temptation, watch this, is not a sign that you are giving into something or that you're weak in faith. It's giving into temptation that makes you, cause you to stumble. But everyone gets tempted because even Jesus got tempted. So temptation, if we look at it through the lens that God is trying to grow us, is actually an opportunity for great growth as well. Right? 
So watch, and I'm going to be very practical today. I'm going to pastor you today. Why do I say that? Because I'm going to give you practical things on what temptation is, what it draws us away, and maybe we need to stop rebuking uh, all these things that we're rebuking and really identify what's really inside of us. Because temptation comes from within. Oh, wait a minute. That, that, thank you for that one, yes, Leonardo. Temptation <laughs> comes from within. Everybody say within. It's not this mysterious force that's pulling you away. You say, I don't agree with that. Well, I'm glad you asked because James chapter 1, verse 12, in the New King James says this. Blessed is the man who endures. Everybody say endures. Temptation. All right? Now watch this. For when he has been approved. Everybody say approved. He will receive the crown of life. Which is promised to those who love him. Look at verse 13 and on. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Notice that it didn't say the word just testing your faith there, right? So temptation is clearly a desire for you to go in, in an evil way that, that will bring you away from the will of God. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. In other words, that the testing of your faith is different when you're experiencing temptation. Right? So temptation is not, the Lord doesn't give you temptation just so you can try. Now, he will allow it, and I'm going to share this later, because he wants to do something that's even more powerful than what you think. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. Look at verse 14. But, oh, 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 oh. But each one is tempted. Everybody say tempted. Wait a minute. Each one is tempted. That means, that means you, haven't even, you, you haven't even given in to the, the, the action yet. Each one is tempted. Oh, man. Uh, someone go into my office. Uh, if, if someone has a key to my office, PK, I have a bag in there. I have an illustration. <laughs> I totally forgot. Give it to me again. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Say own desires. Say own desires and enticed. Now, now look at this. Here's where we're going to end. And I, and I need to finish here in about 20 minutes, but I know you're getting something. Amen. Then when, watch this, the desire has conceived. It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown. What does that mean? When it is fully grown, does, does sin grow? Yes. It grows inside of you. It actually grow, Imagine a little kid growing in the form of, of sin. And when that thing is fully grown like an adult inside of you, it dominates you, watches, and it brings forth death. Now, I'm not talking about physical death, although in some ca rare cases your sin can lead to that. I'm talking about there it will be a death of some kind. A spiritual death, an emotional death, if you allow thoughts to continue to wrap your, 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 your thought life to lead you astray. So why do I say this? Because it's very important to endure temptation. I want to break down two words real quick before I get really meaty here. The word endure, uh, in the Greek, it means to, in, it, to remain. Everybody say remain. So not to flee, to, uh, to persevere under misfortunes. It's, it's, the word endure says don't leave, pretty much. That's what it means, to stay or remain. Temptation will always seek to cause you to change course, change your course where you're going towards God, and temptation will always cause you to go back to another direction. That's why when you see people backsliding, it didn't start when they're in the bars and getting drunk, and it didn't start there. Sometimes it starts right when you're sitting in church every Sunday morning. That's when temptation starts because the, the, that's, that's how it goes. That's how it, the Bible says it. So endure says don't leave. Everybody say don't leave. 
Stay strong. That's what the word endure means. But, 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 but here's what it says about approved. Oh, I, I, when I saw this, I couldn't believe it. I've been reading the Bible for years. And it says, because when he is approved, he will get the crown of life. Now, what does the word approved there? I'm going to give you a little lesson. The Greek word there is dokimos. Say dokimos. Come on, say it like you're a Greek philosopher. Dokimos. Okay. So dokimos means to be accepted. Watch this. Uh, this is blow, blew me away. To, uh, the word approved means... In the Greek, to be accepted and pleasing, especially after passing a test. To be accepting and to be pleasing, to be pleasing, especially after passing a test. It has the root words of integrity and authenticity after someone is put to the test intentionally as if the tester knew that that person was going to pass. And it makes the tester proud. That's that whole definition. So here it is. So it's about uh, not giving in to a lying or deceptive reality. That's what approved means. Listen to what I'm saying. Approved in the Greek means not giving in to a lie or a deceptive reality even when you could get away with it. Even when that means approved. He's been approved because I've been watching him or her, and I knew that they were going to get this stuff, but I now put my stamp on approval, and I'm pleased with them. That's what approved means. It's that, this is what approved means. is If I knew your character that was a godly character, and I would, let's just say I would talk to PK, and I will say, listen, I understand that PK is a man of integrity. I'm going to put him to test to see if he's really a man of integrity because I want to trust him with great responsibility. By the way, if you're a business owner, if you're a leader of any kind, make sure every now and then you test your people to see if they're faithful. We don't like that word. That's another word that came out of our vocabulary. We don't like to test. No, no, no. We, we test. So, so the word approved means if I get PK and, I, and we're in a room, you, always, you know those social experiences that you see where the guy is walking and the wallet falls off, right? And like a $500 comes out and, and you can see it through a social experience that people are like, I want to keep some for myself. So what if no one was there and we, everyone was in the room, like you guys were all in it, right, except for PK. And I told you guys, watch, PK is going to pass this test. This is what approved means because I'm going to be proud of him. And so in the midst of a room, you're just having dinner, and then somebody intentionally, to him is by mistake, leaves and says, hey, he gets a phone call. I got to go and leaves $200. And let's say PK doesn't even know that person that was in this meeting. It was in a restaurant. PK would then grab that $100, $200, and try to seek that person out. Oh, come on, man. And try to return that in honesty and said, hey, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, you dropped $200 and I want to return to you. Most Christians would say, that's the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. God just dropped money on me. Dropped it like it's hot and I just grabbed it and I, and I just ran with it. Glory to God. And yet someone's suffering because they forgot their wallet and you're saying it's the blessing of the Lord. But when he returns it, that's what the word approved means. Is I'm delighted that I knew he was going to pass. Woo! And you know what the Bible says? Is that you'll get a crown of life in you. So, dokimos means approved. So some of us are being tempted to be approved that you're going to pass that test. Now. This is the scripture gives clearly, put that first slide, on, on how the progression of temptation is destructive goal and it's how it comes. Now, here's where I'm going to break it down. You're going to shout within yourself, all right? 
Temptation starts with our own desires with, uh, which have been lodged in our minds and our thought life for a long time. Now watch this. Let's read it slowly. Temptation comes. Listen, look at me. We are that scripture. Te- each one is tempted when he is, everybody say, drawn away. So the first point I want to make is te- the, the te- when temptation comes your way, it always seeks to draw you away. Always seeks you to draw you away from the closeness of God, from even from your husband or wife, from something that was God-given. It always even, even unplant you from the church that you're in, whatever it is. Temptation seeks to draw you away. But it says temptation comes when we give into our own desires. Watch. Here's where I'm going to get deep. So if that's the case, we're asking the wrong question. We're not, we should not be asking, when is temptation coming? How can I overcome it? No, what we need to ask is, how did those thoughts get in there? Because if temptation comes by my own desires and entice me, then how did those desires get in there? Come on, I'm preaching good, better than you're saying amen. Then the, 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 the desires for temptation come in you through your five senses. Through the taste, through the smell, through the touch, but particularly for the two gates, what I call gates. They're senses, but I call it gates. And you can write this down. Particularly, how do these thoughts get in there, right? How do these thoughts get in there that actually make you have a desire to go in temptation? There is no mysterious force pulling you away. It's inside of you already. Oh, my. Oh, my. I just got you freedom. If you could just identify what's going into your thought life, you could identify the many times you are falling in temptation. Because temptation comes by the desires that's in you. So the question is, how does the desires get in you? Through the eye gate? And through the ear gate. See, some of you guys think it's okay to see whatever you want and hear whatever you want. And because everything is okay, I'm a Christian and I still love God. But keep on hearing that worldly stuff. Keep on hearing that negative advice. Come on, I'm going to preach on this side because some of Keep on, keep, keep, keep on watching that stuff. Keep on watching that pornography. Keep on listening to those curse words in that song. Eventually... Those desires will dominate you because what happens is this. Come here, PK. I need your help, my brother. And, and, and so there's a, the, what happens is this. You have to open it up for me. There's a jar in there. Here's what's happening with you, you guys. So here's the eye gate, right? And here... And here's the ear gate. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it by scripture right now so you won't think I'm crazy, right? So let's pretend this is your eye gate and your ear gate, right? So right now there's, no, there's nothing in there that could dominate you, right? So I want you to get each rock. Each rock represents, this is actually part two of Pastor John's. <laughs> right? This is actually, watch, watch, watch. How one thinks in his heart. So you're not only what you eat, you are what you think. So watch, each rock represents a thought, right? So you have this thought, it entered into the eye gate, right? You see something on TV, you see a commercial, and it sparked curiosity in you. Come on, man, come on, come on. Or you hear gossip, or you hear negativity, and you hear something being spoken bad about somebody that you kind of don't like, and you're like, that's right. I don't like that person too. So here comes another thought. See, so right now I can't really, I can't really, my hand, I can't really put this in there, right? So, but watch what happens. Each time you feed that thought in your eye and through and through your ears, in your eye becomes uh, darker and darker. What you see and your ears becomes darker and darker. Now, what happens is your eye gate and your ear gate has allowed all these thoughts to come in there, where it's easy for you. To be tempted by the enemy. 
It's easy for, you're easy for the picking. Why? Because temptation begins when you put the thoughts in there. I just, I just explained it to you. There's no mystery to temptation. The temptation comes from you. So watch this. It happens good and bad. If you put good thoughts in there and you put pure thoughts in there, the more pure thoughts that happen, the more purity will dominate your mind. So if this is pure thoughts and this is holy, guess what's filling your mind? Obedience, faith, righteousness, holiness. Now, when this is holy, your actions will be holy. Come on, give it up for PK, the rock man. Come on, come on. Are you excited this morning? Luke chapter 11. Look what it says, the eye gate. Everybody say eye gate. Eye gate. Watch what it says. The lamp of the body is the eye. Now, this is, by the way, Jesus, our Lord, speaking. Look at, he, he, look at how the eye gate and the ear gate play so much attention. So, sorry. Pay so much on how thoughts get into your life. I have news for you. Those things don't come while you're sleeping. And you say, well, if I have a dream. Well, if you have a dream, it's, it actually heightens your senses. It heightens your eyes and your ears, and it stays large in your mind, right? So the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is also full of light. When your eye is good, that jar, right? But when your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness, can I hear an amen? Look at verse 36. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when bright shining of a lamp in your light. Come on, say amen to that. Now look at the next verse about he- uh, he- earrings. I'm trying to be, uh, not earrings, ear, ear, here. Now say the ear gate. Now look at the next scripture. I'm going fast here. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Are you enjoying this? So Mark chapter 4, 24, look at what Jesus said. Again, Jesus. Then he said to him, take heed to what you, say again, take heed to what you, with the same measure, oh, you use it, it will be measured to you. What? Now this is a powerful statement. And to you who hear, please hear me this, more will be given. Now, I understand it's talking about something slight, but through the uh, the eyes of revelation, here's what it's talking about. Say, the more I hear, the more will be given. What does that mean? The more I hear, the more will be given. What does that mean? Is the more negativity you choose to hear, the more negativity will be given into your lifestyle and actions. The more, yeah, yeah, the, the more purity you hear, the more pure actions you will have when dealing with people. So that means if you, ha- if you hear, what you hear will be given more, either good or bad. Your choice. What you choose to hear and what you choose to pass through these eyes will essentially be the tools that the enemy uses to drift you away through temptation. Why? Because temptation, according to James, comes from our desires. And our desires have to come in there by our gates that we call eyes and ears. Woo! So the more we say yes... To temptation, the easier it will be to give in to temptation the next time around. I gave an example of, of lifting weights. You lift weights last week. It, not, last week we did an example of lifting weights. After a while, if you struggle lifting those weights, if you're consistently doing those things, what took you like 
five minutes to lift up one thing, it will be so easy for you. Why? Because the more you say yes to temptation, the easier it is to yield to it. But the more you say no to temptation, the easier it is to walk in freedom. And you walk in power. So really, temptation and drifting away, it could be settled with this. How many times you're saying yes and how many times you're saying no. Think about that. And, and so I, I, I realize that this is more than just this mysterious force. There is something that God wants to do. And I want to give you an example because I read an example about this uh, man. I don't know if you guys heard of Reynald Re III. I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right. It's, it's a very a long time ago. And there was a man named, uh, uh, I think it was in the British or English um, area, Reynald III. And there was his brother, a younger brother. Uh, his name was Edward. And so uh, I read a story about this king who was Reynald, and he was just very large. He was very unhealthy, and I'm, this, is not, this is just according to history. He, the, they say he was very fat, right? And so he was very large, and he, he was just king. After an argument, he got, into, he got into an argument with his brother, and then his brother came and attacked His younger brother came and attacked him and took away the kingdom from him. But watch this. His younger brother did not put him in the traditional prison. He put him in the, deep, the depths of the castle, and he was free to roam around. And he, his older former king that was very large, unhealthy, and over, overweight, he put him in a room that had no locked doors and no locked windows. And he said, if you could get out of this room, you get your authority back and you get your, 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 your royalty back. And so that would be easy for most of us because in that room there were smaller windows and there were smaller uh, doors. But the problem was he couldn't fit into the, throughout the doors even though it was open. So he knowing his brother, the younger brother, every day would send the, the, the one who was a new ruler, send delicacies and, and, and sweets and delicious fruit to his room to tempt him. Come on, somebody. We're talking about temptation. On purpose because he knew, watch this, he knew that he didn't have to do a lot of work. He just has to poke on his weakness that he saw over and over and over again. So he sent him delicacies. He sent him cakes. And instead of dieting his way out, this man grew larger and larger and larger and stayed in there for 10 years. And at that, I'm going to read this so I won't misquote it. They said, when they accused the younger brother of cruelty, this is what the younger brother said. My brother is not a prisoner. Watch, you're going to shout. He may leave whenever he wants. Reynolds stayed in that room for 10 years and wasn't released after Edward died in battle. But then Reynolds' health was so ruined, he died within a year. Watch this. A prisoner of his own appetite. A prisoner of your own appetite. Many of us are bound with temptations continually falling because our appetite is so big because the rocks in our eye gate and our ear gate has filled it to the point where it is dominating every desire we have. Come on, say amen. Say amen. Are you a prisoner of your own appetite this morning? Maybe the reason why you're not getting freedom is because you're blaming the devil and it's maybe your own appetite. Maybe the reason why you're not getting victories because you're blaming the devil and not examining what you're eating through your eye gate and your ear gate. But, everybody say but. Every temptation is an occasion to not just avoid bad things, but it's an occasion to do good. So this is why it's training for reigning. Because every time you do it, you get stronger. On the path to spiritual maturity, even temptation becomes a stepping stone instead of a stumbling block. 
Come on, come on. How many want to view temptation from this point? Oh, we're not like, oh, I always fall. How many, when I was a youth pastor, I, I would have been rich if everybody said, I, I fell, I fall. That's a famous, that's a famous, like, oh, you know what? I want to go into sexual immorality. No, I don't know. Oh, I just fell into it. No, you've been eyeing that for a while. You've been hearing that for a while, and you're like, I, I, please, I, I don't want to go in there. I, I don't want to. And you start going to that direction because it's pulling you away. So we'll, look at that next slide. Look at this next slide. When temptation comes, it, it is just as much an invitation to do the right thing than it is to do the wrong thing. Oh, somebody needs to be happy up in here. When temptation comes, it's just as much an invitation to do the right thing than it is to do the wrong thing. Stop focusing on the wrong thing. Stop attacking the devil. He, he's already defeated. Don't pay attention to him. Fo- you, you, he, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But you just understand that that's what Proverbs says. Just flash it up there. Proverbs. Uh, and, and, and in five minutes, I'll have the worship team come up. Come on. But I know you like this. But I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be honorable to your time, but I just don't want to shortcut what the word is, is happening. Proverbs, amen, thank you. Whoever said that, I say, say thank you. A wise man, look at, look at this. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a, oh, a, fool, a fool rages in self-confident. Now you may say, well, I am not self-confident. Yes, you are. Many of us say, I got this. Why? Because we use our, hear me now, this is prophetic, our tenure in our Christianity to almost convince ourselves, I've been walking with God for 30 years. I know the scriptures. Some of you guys can quote scriptures much better than me. But that doesn't mean that you are uh, not allowing the Holy Spirit to actually do something and eliminate those rocks from your eyes and your ears that have been lodged in your mind. Why? Some of you could preach circles around me. But... If you're self-confident in, in the fact that it's not going to happen to me, let me just give you a quick warning. Those of you that say that will never happen to me is probably going to happen to you more quickly than ever. Why? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, look it up there, verse, I believe is chapter 10, verse 12. And this is the big uh, temptation scripture because it covers a lot. So there's hope. But there's hope, but there's also a command. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand takes heed lest he fall. Don't think that just because you've quoted the scripture, you went to seminary school, you, you know this better than the person next to you, that you don't have a, a, an opportunity to, to sin against God. Why? David was a righteous king. God chose him, and he saw a married man of a godly man, a married woman of a godly man. It wasn't this, this worldly woman. She, he saw Bathsheba who was already married to a godly man. And you would never, he would never think, I am King David. God chose me. I beat Goliath. I will never give in to this. And he did. And he committed adultery. And he got judged by the, by the Lord. Now watch this. But here's the good news. Everybody say good news. Just like temptation comes from your thoughts. I'm, I'm just going to pause and say this. I just gave you the antidote to beat the temptation. Stop what are you putting through your eye gate and ear gate? And then you could determine how much temptation comes and tries to pull you away. No temptation, everybody say no, temptation. This is the good news. Has overtaken you except such as common to man. In other words, you're not that big of a person that is only happening to you. When temptation comes our way and testing comes our way, we're convinced I'm the only one going through this in, this, in the world. We're like, Lord, you, this is so big. And they're like, no, other people have gone through that. It's probably worse. 
Now watch. I'm going to call this God's escape room. Now, I've never been to an escape room. How many have been to an escape room? I've got <laughs> to rebuke my own fears on that one. <laughs> but, but God has an escape room. In other words, if you've been to a, if you've been, keep that scripture up there. If you've been to an escape room, the goal is to what? But it seems impossible. You have a timeline. You have a time, and you're, and you're getting right, and you have to find these clues. But there is a way of escape. Hello? There is a way. You just got to find it. Look, look, look. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But with each temptation, come on, God, will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So guess what? The fact that you're even being tempted, even in the area that's coming from your own thoughts, God still is so gracious. He gives you a way out. He gives you an escape. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? So, so what are some of the ways, real quick, are you guys okay? All right. So what are some of the ways, and I'll, I'll close in 10 minutes, I promise, of escape, I'm timing myself, when temptation comes? What are some of the practical? So, so as your pastor, I'm going to give you some practical ways. Pray for me, John. Some practical ways and some spiritual ways. Because we can't just be all spiritual and we can't be all practical either. So the practical, one of the practical ways, I'm just going to give you a few, of how to overcome and escape the temptations that are strongest in your life. Let me pause and say this. Everyone look at me. Everyone has a unique uh, temptation buzzer that the enemy is going to look for through your own desires. Everybody is different and he knows what's your weakest and that is going to be a clue what your next temptation is. So if you want to stop falling in temptation or f- from temptation, watch, watch this. The first practical way is recognize th- your pattern of temptation. So recognize the pattern. Everybody say pattern. If you guys know anything about falling into temptation, we all know this. There is a pattern involved. It got quiet because no one wants to admit that. You're always doing this when you fall. Or you always look to do this when you fall. When no one's looking or when, and, and you could get away with it. There's always a pattern to when you fall. And so we all are, are, are designed uniquely. But if you could understand the pattern, then you could predict where the next temptation is going to come. So it's easy. Think about the pattern of where you are tempted the most and begin to start recognizing it and not, not just be blind to it. Because what's going to happen is, you know, I, one of the things I like to do is, I don't know about you guys, but I like to look at different versions of the Bible. Like, you could read John 3.16 just, you know, normal. And then you just th- you read John 3.16 like in the Passion Version or, or like the Message Version. You're like, I've never read that scripture in my life. So you know the scripture that says, be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant for your adversary roams around or like a what? Roaring lion, seeking he may devour. Right, we know that, right? Look how it reads in the Message Bible. Oh, man, I feel like. I feel like, like adding the word bruh. Keep a cool head, bruh. <laughs> Keep a cool head, bruh. <laughs> Stay alert, you dig? <laughs> the devil, let me stop. The devil, watch this. Here's the message. The devil is poised to pounce. Watch about temptation. And will like nothing better than to catch you napping. That reads a little bit different than the New King James Version. He will like every opportunity to catch you napping. Napping means like you don't pay attention to the desires that are coming into your brain through your eye gate, 
and your ear gate. That's what napping means. It's like, it's okay, just a, one more rock. I have plenty to go to fill that jar. Oh, when you, the moment you think that, you will be enslaved. Whatever dominates you will control you. Recognize the pattern. Everybody say pattern. All right? So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and then I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I want you to write this down. Write this down. Ready? I'm giving you a Bible lesson today, and I know you're loving it because I can see your hearts. So if, you write, if you're taking notes, I want you to ask, this is the practical way. I want you to ask yourself four questions. It's not going to be on the screen. Number one, write this down. When I'm tempted, when am I tempted the most? That's the first, when. When am I tempted the most? Just, just write that down, and you answer that. You will find that if you could identify the when, you will actually block out more than 50% of those, those things that come to get you. Is it at night? What, what time? When? When? When is it? Usually, uh, when it comes to strong temptations, it, there's usually a when. Can I hear amen? The second thing is where. Where am I mostly tempted? Come on, you know you could answer that question. Somebody like, I don't know, I don't know what he's talking about. It just comes on me. No. There is, there is a when. There's a, there's a when and there's a where. Uh, there's a where. And I don't want to be graphic, but there's a where. Let's just think. There's a where, where you go to, where you want to feed that temptation. Amen? Third, third question. Oh, this is good stuff. I'm preaching myself happy. Who is with me when I'm tempted? I'm going to answer that for you. You don't even have to answer. You're probably by yourself. If you can handle it by yourself by now, you wouldn't be in this predicament that you're in. Who is with me, watch this, I'm trying to help you, when I'm tempted. Because when you get to a place where you expose lies through fellowship and through other things, then the darkness becomes less. Right? Who is with me when I'm tempted the most? As a matter of fact, you want to be by yourself when you want to be tempted. If you really want to give in to that thing, you don't want anybody around you. Fourthly, how do I feel when I'm most tempted? How do I feel when I'm most tempted? If you can answer these four, you will start realizing that this is a dangerous curve. Can I hear an amen? Worship team, could you come up here? Come up here. I still have some stuff, but as they come, I'm going to do this. The second, the second slide here. The second practical way of overcoming temptation, right? Number one is what we just talked about. Recognize your pattern. Everybody say pattern. The third, the second one is, is by, by the way, I'm calling this escape routes in the escape room. The second escape route in, in the house of temptation is refocus your attention away from the temptation. Now, now you may see that is not spiritual law. I'm going to show you how powerful that is. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is super important what I want to say, church. Ignoring the temptation and not giving into it is much greater than trying to fight it and, and focus on it. There's, there's scriptures after scriptures that doesn't say fight youthful lust. It says flee youthful lust. Flee youthful lust. Don't try, don't try to sit there and try to look for it and fight it. When it comes, run. Say run. So watch. Refocus your attention from, away from the temptation because this is what I call the replacement principle. Say replacement. Where you replace your focus, watch this, off on so, of something that's trying to tempt you to something that's good. What do I say refocus your, your, your attention? I love what, uh, what Kevin has said in our dialogue sometimes. When people are looking so hard to pick a fight with the devil, 
You don't focus on the devil. He's defeated. Why give him attention? Why, why give that defeated foe attention? Focus your, your life on something else. Again, the NLT in the book of Hebrews says something so powerful. Therefore, verse 1 and verse 2. Come on. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Are you with me? NLT, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the full of faith, let us strip aside every weight that slows us down. And especially the what? The what? That so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Here's the focus. Ready? Here's 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 a switch of focus. We do this by keeping, I can't believe how simple this is, our eyes on Jesus. Wait a minute. That, look, that seems so simple. That seems so, come on, give me something deep. This is the deep thing. He says, you want to get a key to overcome every weight that so easily entangles you? You want to get the, 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 the victory of every sin that so easily besets you? Stop focusing on the temptation and keep your eyes on Jesus. We know time after time it, happened, it, it could happen in the good and it happened in the bad. You could start off actually focusing on Jesus and refocusing on temptation. Peter did it. He focused on Jesus. The moment when he was walking on water, he changed focus to the waves. It got sunk. He got sunk. Uzziah in the Old Testament, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. But when he became prideful, he, he fell to his destruction. Where's your gaze at this morning? Where's your focus? Is your focus on the problem all the time? You're going to get defeated. Change your focus. Don't say, I'm so tired of battling this lust or battling this thing. Stop. Don't focus on that because the more you focus on it, the more sorry you're going to feel about yourself. Refocus. How do we, look, look, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Guys, why do we make it so hard? Refocus. Say refocus. Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, had his eyes on Jesus. Then his, he, he his eyes to greed and money, and he fell, and he paid for it with his life. Real quick. The third one. I have two more after this, and we're going to pray. The third one. Reveal your struggle to a godly friend. Here's a third escape. I'm talking about escape room right now from temptation. The first one, again, real quick is recognize your pattern. The second one is refocus your attention away from the temptation. The third practical way is reveal your struggles to a godly. Notice that I said godly person. Because if you reveal your, your, your struggles to someone that doesn't know the scripture, they're going to be like, what's wrong with that? I do that every day. <laughs> Woo! Reveal your struggles, watch this, to a godly friend. Stop thinking. Let me just pause because I feel this from the Lord. It will take humility on your part to do that. Some of you are like, I don't want to do that. I'm going I'm to seem like I'm, like I'm beneath them, that I'm, that I'm struggling. And we always, we're so worried about the image that people look under. That's why selfies are so about your image. Everyone, I mean, people are waking up and, and, and then they get dressed and they put their lipstick on and then they act like they just got out of bed. And the person is perfectly cuddled in a position, and I'm like, who took that picture? Or, or I'm sleepy. Like, really? You want people, we, we're, we're so after an image that you have to realize 
you have to talk to a godly friend and and humble yourself why because since we're in the book of james james chapter 5 in the message put it up there in the message is it the message that i gave you yeah watch this make this your common practice say common practice confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed whole and healed let me tell you something get somebody that loves God and say you know what I'm struggling with this temptation and that person if they really love God they're not gonna say I knew it you know what they're gonna say they're gonna say hey we're gonna walk this through why why this is important because I'm gonna share this I'm gonna share some things that that in, in closing temptation grows in the dark but shrinks when exposed to the light you're only as spiritually sick as your secrets You're only as spiritually sick as your secrets. Whatever you can't talk about is most likely already out of control in your life. Whatever you can't talk about is probably already out of control. If you can't talk about anger because it be, your anger problem or your lust problem is probably because it's already out of control. Guys, the Lord instituted people to help us overcome temptation. Can I hear an amen? Some of you by yourself and you need other people. And then two more, the spiritual side. The spiritual side to overcome temptation, then we're going to pray, is get the word inside of you. I know that sounds so simple. But many of us, watch this, get the word inside of me. Say, get the word. Say, get the word. See, if you don't have any scriptures memorized, you have no bullets against the enemy. If you, if you don't purpose yourself to memorize scriptures, you will point a gun at the enemy and it will be blanks that you shoot against the enemy. Why? Because the biggest weapon you have against temptation is it is written. Men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He puts his word above his name. There's nowhere else in scripture where you see his word being above any, I mean, anything above his name. But he put his word above his name. His word. That's why when Jesus was tempted in the devil, he didn't say, do you know I'm Jesus? He says, it is written. Do you understand that the best way to get rid of these temptations you're giving into is get the word in you? And I'm not talking about just through a podcast or just through a Sunday morning service. I'm talking about memorize some scripture. Come on, use your brain muscle and start saying, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going, to, I'm going to make sure I memorize this verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. He makes me lie down to green pastures. He restores my soul. And you start memorizing this. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, oh, I feel the Lord. You are the Holy Ghost filing cabinet that the Holy Spirit uses and looks at what you've already put inside of you. So when the enemy comes, he says, what do I, what do I have inside of Amanda? What do I have inside of Jaylen? What do I have inside of PK? What do I have inside of Lewis that I could use? Oh, here it is. They put the scripture inside of their spirit years ago, and I'm going to attack that enemy with it. He looks to see what's inside of you, but you put the word inside of you just like you do the eye gate and the ear gate. You put the word inside of you. Memorize scripture. Oh, thank you for that one, amen. I want to challenge you. Don't just read the word. Study the word. The Bible doesn't say read, the, read so that you may be approved unto God. It says study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightfully dividing the word of truth. You need to get the word in you. You need to get the word in you. Real quick, David knew that secret. Look what he says in Psalms. 
He, David knew the secret, even in the Old Testament, to put the word in him. To come. Listen, David knew the struggle of temptation. He struggled with a lot of temptation. He says, your word I have hidden in my heart. What's the, what's the answer to that? That I may not sin against you. You want to put that in the opposite? It'll say, if I don't put the word in my heart, I will sin against you. Guys, we need to graduate from milk to meat. It's time to cut your own steak. It's time to put some mashed potatoes up in that thing. It's time to put them some cornbread and some grill some steak and chicken and, and, and corn on the cob. Hey. And you, and you need to stop having mama or papa start cutting your meat for you. And you need to dig into the meat of the word yourself so that you could be nourished yourself. How foolish would it be you as an adult and you said, I want my steak being cut. That's, that's symbolic of the, the, the entry Christian that just needs the word kind of broken down. But it's time for you to mature and grow because the, the writer of Hebrews says, by now you should be teachers. You should, be, you, you should be preaching, you should be equipping, but I can't give you solid food because you just love milk. Milk is good, but it's not going to give you all the nourishment you need. Get the word. Come on, get the word. Are you ready for the last one? Invite the person and the power of the Holy Spirit during temptations. We forgot about the Holy Spirit, church. We forgot that he is the great counselor. He's the paraclete. He's the one by power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And here is the, another scripture. And he, Jesus is the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit is, there is invite. When you're tempted and you're drawn away, Holy Spirit, I invite you into my conversation. That means out loud. That means with your mouth. That means in prayer. Holy Spirit, come upon me right now. Let help, help that's in me. Greater is in me, he that is in me than he who is in the world. Let me not give in to temptation because right now your spirit is greater than my weakness. Come on, say amen. I want everyone to stand up to your feet. Come on. I want us to be victorious today. We're going to pray. Come on, we're going to pray that throughout this week, here's what I hear the Lord saying. Give me that jar. Give me that jar. I just heard the Lord say this. Oh, yes, that is exactly what surrounded. Yes, that's the, that's the song that I felt in my, in my heart. Watch this. Watch this. Here's, we're going to sing. Are you ready? Some of you, you have your eye gate and your ear gate, and it's controlling you. Temptation comes when you are drifting away, what? With your own desires. But the Lord says today, what you want to do is identify what's in your eye gate and in your ear gate that you've been listening to. And one by one, I want you to begin to empty it out so that nothing has control of you. Come on, lift up your hands. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.